God's word says, Joseph, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Christmas is a time to worship the babe in the manger and spend time with family and friends. What traditions do you and your family cherish? What are some joys and challenges? of family traditions. Today is the Family Shield Christmas special. My guest is Reverend Stephen Bongard, pastor of Concordia Lutheran Church in Kirkwood, Missouri. We'll visit with him today about his family, their Christmas traditions, and talk about the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. This is Kay Meyer, president of Family Shield Ministries and your host for today's program. Thanks for being my guest today, Reverend Bongard on Family Shield. It's great to be with you, Kay. Thanks for inviting me to be here. It's my pleasure. I'm glad to have you. And by the way, for our listeners, Concordia is my church as well. So I'm happy to to have you be our special guest today. So tell our listeners about your family. Yeah, so my family, my wife is named Becky, and uh, she and I have been married over 30 years And uh, Becky is a music teacher. She did that for 25 years. She was a Lutheran school teacher for 10 years before that. And she retired when we moved here to St. Louis a little over a year ago. But now, of course, having that in her heart, uh, she has accepted a a part-time music teaching position, which is just right for her. So she still is in the classroom, still teaching. And uh, now she's back at a Lutheran school again. So she's enjoying that a lot, too, being able to talk about Jesus in the classroom again is great for her. Right, right. And your children? Yes. So I have two children. My daughter, Stephanie, is 27. She lives in Denver, Colorado with her husband, Noah. They just got married in May uh, of this year. And so they're newlyweds. And she uh, was trained as a Lutheran school teacher, went to Concordia University in Mequon, Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. And she taught for three years. And she got married and uh, quit Lutheran school teaching at the same time. So now she is going to graduate school Mm -hmm. for uh, clinical mental health counseling uh, and then working at a fitness place called True Fusion uh, in the meantime. So she and she's enjoying her her stint in the fitness world right now. Wonderful, yeah. wonderful. And your other child? Is- yeah, and then my son is Nathan, and he's 24. He lives in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Uh, he graduated from Ball State University in telecommunications. Okay, here we are on the radio. Uh-huh. Uh, and he works for a telecommunications company in Grand Rapids and has, still has his first job out of college, so he's been oh, there over two years. Wonderful. And he was the, uh, he sent us some photos. He was the uh, MC at his company's Christmas party the other night. Ah, so uh, very nice. he has that kind of personality uh-huh. that uh, people kind of recognize. He's, he has a good sense of humor. And, good. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, during the pandemic, you took this new call to Concordia Lutheran Church in Kirkwood. And I wanted to just ask you, how does moving, especially when your children are grown or almost grown, affect pastors and their families? Can you share a little bit? Because your two children are not here with you. Right. And yes. I, I think they were already out on their own. But Pretty it, much. It, uh-huh. it made me realize I've been watching on Facebook and I know a whole bunch of people that have taken new calls and their kids are grown. And I wonder how that, de- how they deal with that and, and what how that affected you? 
Yeah, so that's a great question. And uh, I guess children and uh, our, our Becky are, are, you know, two different parts of my family that have reactions in slightly different ways, oh, I yeah. think. So yeah. uh, my children... We actually kind of had like a practice run for this, I would call it. You know, and I would see this as God's hand at work in all of this. So preceding this transition, Becky and I had moved from the house that we lived in, in Valparaiso, Indiana, uh, to a condo. And that was during my son's freshman year of college. So we had we kind of had moved out of the house that they grew up in as children. So that transition had already happened, and they kind of had already adjusted to that. And I think both of my children, unless they're not being fully honest with me, uh, when I started to talk about this uh, new chapter, potential chapter in our lives, I think both of my children were really just more excited for me than anything, oh, especially wonderful. my daughter, oh, how nice. because she's further away from where she grew up and she's always wanted to get away and be an adventurer. Uh, I think my son probably has a few more connections back to Valparaiso than my daughter does. Mm-hmm. So maybe for him, it's been a little bit more of a challenge. But hey, he's coming to visit for Christmas. We got yeah, up there wonderful. to Grand Rapids for, to visit him for Thanksgiving. So uh, they're doing well. Now, Becky, uh, it was a little bit more of a challenging transition for her because we were in Valparaiso for 26 years. Oh, and, wow. You know, she had friendships and mm-hmm. having left during COVID, one of the things she struggled with a lot was she didn't get to say proper goodbyes, oh. especially at her school that she taught at for years. It was a 500 student school. She was the music teacher. Oh, and uh, yeah. she just, with COVID going on, just wasn't able she to say goodbye it, yeah. to a lot of people like she was able to. So. We just recently corrected that. We left a little bit early on our Thanksgiving trip and stopped in Valparaiso for two days. And Becky kind of went around town oh, good. and uh, stopped into her old school and was able to say some goodbyes. That gave her a little bit better closure mm-hmm. than uh, than had happened during, yeah. during the uh, pandemic. Yeah, well, thank you so much for sharing that. I just realized as I've been watching various pastors' families uh, over the last year or so and because my son-in-law is a pastor now and the grandchildren are getting older I'm realizing oh boy <laughs> one of them is in college one of them is a senior in high school and it's like oh I never thought about the fact that this can be real yeah. challenging if if a call would come so God God has his hand in all of it and yeah and uh, leads and directs. Yeah, thank you. We were thankful that that our children were kind of out on their own. And and in fact, that factored into the decision that that perhaps God was calling us to Concordia, because uh, if we were going to have an... Well, I'll tell you the story. So for a couple years before this all happened, I had been praying kind of regularly. You know, I'm very happy where I am. Things are going well at the church. Lord, uh, if you have something else in store for me, though, you know, make it so obvious that I can't miss it because I can be kind of dense sometimes and miss <laughs> your signals. You know? And I'd been praying that prayer. And, you know, it just a lot of things came together to be the right time nice. for us that our kids were on their own. Uh, my wife was close to retirement, you know, so that could be we could feel like we could leave that. Um, so it all just seemed like a, a good time. And good. And I think it was the Lord's work. Yeah, I think he definitely answers our prayers. And sometimes we have to be, I love that prayer because, you know, just make it so obvious I can't 
mistake it right. for something else. Very good. So let's talk a little bit about traditions and stories with your children. Uh, uh, what traditions do you and your family cherish? Yeah, so we we cherish, like, we love Christmas decorating uh, this year since we went to Grand Rapids for Thanksgiving. Usually I would decorate on Thanksgiving Day or the, and the day after and that weekend. Becky and I got a head start on it because we knew we'd be gone and we didn't want to come back behind. But we, we just love decorating the house, decorating the tree. I always put out some outside lights. Uh, when the kids were little, they'd often help me with those kind of things. Um, yeah, Becky has a traditional Christmas cookie recipe that she makes and then uh, called her Liski is her maiden name, the Liski family mm-hmm. traditionals, we call them. And then there's probably about three or four other cookies that she makes every year and we all love. And when the, the uh, now adult children are coming home for Christmas, you know, Becky makes sure she's got yeah, those funny. particular uh-huh. cookies at play. Yeah. And that uh, I was talking about Christmas trees the other day with one of our staff members. And uh, for years, many years, we had a live Christmas tree. You know, we would go cut one down mm-hmm. or we'd go to a lot and buy one. And uh, but probably about eight, eight years ago, we made the transition to an artificial mm-hmm. tree. And that was really hard for our children. You know, they were in high school and college age and they just didn't like that at all. Uh, because we as we found, you know, children can be big traditionalists when it comes to mm-hmm, making changes mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, so far, we like having the artificial tree and it, it's working well for us. Easier when you're a little older. Yeah. I yeah. mean, we did the same thing when our yeah. kids were little. We cut them down. But, yeah. you know, as they got older, we got a artificial tree and. I like it. <laughs> and our daughter and her husband, Noah, we they sent us a little message, and they had put up a little live tree in their little apartment oh, in Denver. Oh, so. look at what yep. we did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right, right. So uh, share a fun story about your family as you think about Christmas. Yeah, so – and this is related to traditions, too, because, like, early on when we had – our when our children were really little, I was thinking, you know, we've got to make sure we establish some good Christmas traditions. And so we – I could tell about a couple fails that are kind of funny, actually. Oh. So I had read once that uh, – for for people of German descent, which my family is of German descent, that having a goose cooked on Christmas, uh, oh. you know, a goose was like a German thing. So I thought, well, I'll, I'll establish this tradition and we'll have a goose every year for Christmas. And so Becky and I went, you know, we looked up a recipe, we got a goose, we cooked the thing. And after we were done eating it, we kind of looked at each other. You know, the kids were toddlers. They didn't care. Uh, we looked at each other. We're like, don't do I don't think again. we're ever going to cook a goose. <laughs> I was just thinking that. <laughs> it was kind of greasy, greasy. Yes. and uh-huh. it just wasn't them. that yeah. great. Yeah. So that was oh. kind of an, uh, a failed attempt yeah. at starting a tradition. tradition. Now I think we just do a turkey uh, uh-huh. typically. Uh-huh. But, so that was yeah. kind of a, a funny failed one. But uh, one thing we tried when our kids were little, and this really could only work with little ones, I think, uh, in a very particular age. But I had also read of someone who – had uh, you know when your kids are tots and they have their grandparents are living they get a lot of presents like many 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 presents mm-hmm. and whether parents choose to get a few less but the grandparents lavish them with presents so our kids had plenty of presents when they were toddlers and I had read somewhere uh, somebody had suggested you know the twelve days of Christmas uh, wouldn't it be cool if you could just kind of stretch Christmas out instead of ending it on Christmas Day and celebrate the whole 12 days of Christmas by having your children open a present each day of the 12 days of Christmas. And I thought, well, that's kind of a cool idea. Uh, Let's try that. And uh, like I said, there's a sweet spot. You know, once they get to know a little bit better, you, you can't 
probably get by with that. But we did that, I think, for a couple of years really? when our kids were really little and yeah. they didn't know any better. And sure. we just kind of stretched Christmas out and celebrated it. Nice. And they opened a gift a day for the 12 days of Christmas. So nice. that was kind of a fun yeah, that's a great tradition idea. that we yeah. had. Yeah. Good, good. Any other ones? And then, you know, another tradition for us, having been in Valparaiso, was uh, at the church we were at, Emmanuel and Valparaiso, we had our Christmas, big Christmas Eve service at that chapel on the campus of Valparaiso University. It's oh. called the Chapel of the Resurrection. Mm-hmm. And uh, that that was a big tradition. Uh, a lot of people in town, you know, just came to that service. We'd get a lot of people there. And uh, I remember one particular Christmas I was sitting up in that beautiful chancel, and there, you know, there are windows you can see out, and the snow was coming down in these big, huge lake effect uh, snowflakes. And there we were with this beautiful, beautiful children's choir singing, and these gigantic snowflakes just kind of falling oh, gently to the ground. Yeah. And that's one Christmas that I really, really remember. Yeah. But I always remember the Christmas programs with the kids. Uh, they're just always so wonderful and. You know, grandma and grandpa and aunts and uncles come, and that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I want to go ahead and make some announcements, and then we'll come back and continue talking. And we'll also talk a little bit about what God's Word says about the birth of Christ as we finish the program. We have plenty of time. This is Kay Meyer, president and host of Family Shield Ministries. My husband, Chadden, and I wish you and your family a blessed Christmas and a happy new year. Thank you for being part of Family Shield's family. You are a blessing to us. Family Shield Ministries cares about families growing in Christ and equips them to witness to each other and to the world. The Family Shield radio program is aired on more than 50 stations throughout the United States and heard by more than 850,000 people each week. We also produce a weekly podcast that you can subscribe to and receive on your computer or cell phone. We recently produced a new Family Shield bookmark, and we'd love to send one of them to you as our gift. If you'd like to receive one, please email us at witness to family at gmail.com. This week, we're also giving away two booklets, The Truth About Angels and What is Christmas? To receive one or both of the complimentary booklets, call the Family Shield Response Center, 1-877-250-8416, or again, you can email us, witness to family at gmail.com. As a listener-supported ministry, your prayers and financial support are critical. They allow us to continue to share the saving gospel message with listeners in your community. Now I want to go back to our program. My guest again is Reverend Stephen Bongard of Concordia Lutheran Church in Kirkwood, Missouri. We want to take just a minute and let our listeners know if they're in the St. Louis metro area, how they could connect through Concordia. I was thinking maybe the website would be the best place. If That would be the best place to yeah, find out yeah, about, about uh, services or because how else to get connected. Right, and uh-huh. other ways of connecting. So yep. that's www.ck, standing for Concordia Kirkwood, yep. CK home.org. That's correct. Pretty easy yep. to remember when you know Concordia Kirkwood. Right. <laughs> yeah, yep. very good. Well, I looked at it this morning and it's got lots of good information if you're new, if you need more information. And of course, during the holidays, many different service times. Yep. So it's good to check with them. I hope some That's, of our listeners yep. will do that. 
That's what we're telling even the, our regular church members is make sure you check this, the worship schedule yeah, for because it's Christmas gonna be different because it's different with Christmas, Christmas Day is being on, on a Saturday, Saturday right? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Very good, very good. Well, uh, let's transition a little bit and talk about the birth of Christ as it's revealed to us in both the Old and New Testament prophecies and mostly Matthew and Luke in the New Testament. I just had a few verses. I thought I would just read a couple of them and ask you to just make some comments. Um, I know um, this one is a a fulfillment of a prophecy. Look, the virgin will conceive and bear a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Um, Now, there's an Old Testament prophecy in, I don't remember, I think Psalms, I don't remember where it's at, but it doesn't say God with us. It, it pretty much has the, the same words. Uh, they will call him Emmanuel. Um, but just yeah. a comment about that verse. Yeah, well, the word Emmanuel is a Hebrew word, and uh, the Emmanuel part is the with us, and L, E L, is the, the word, one of the Hebrew words for God. Mm. So that's uh, Emmanuel, God with us. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, when you think about what that means, I, I was uh, reading something the other day that uh, reminded me of how important it is that Jesus is both God and with us. Uh, you know, we, we often say that Jesus is true God and true man, but you kind of have to stop and ask, well, what difference does that make? Why is that so important? Mm. And the reason it's so important is that uh, if, if Jesus were just God— then he would not really be able to relate to who we are as human beings and what we have experienced. And when you begin to think that Jesus experienced things like, uh, uh, you know, being a refugee, you know, remember they had to flee to Egypt when he was mm-hmm. when he was a little guy. Uh, he experienced that. He experienced uh, poverty. You know, being born poor, in very poor, poor circumstances. Uh, he he. And, and he suffered, and he was betrayed by his closest friends. Mm-hmm. He experienced a lot of the most painful things that we could experience in our lives. Um, that's with us. He, 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 you know, like that's that. the with us part. Yeah. Um, and and if he weren't God, then he couldn't really help us. Uh, right. You know, we Christians believe that Jesus is God come to us as a human being to do for us what we could never do for ourselves, mm-hmm. and that is uh, pay the price for what has gone wrong in this world. And instead of making us pay the price, God himself pays the price for us himself yeah. in yeah. his own body on Such the cross. That's the way the Bible says Good news, that it. is. But it's hard so, to explain that to people. We, My yeah. husband and I just packed a Bible up for uh, a friend has taken in a, a young a young man, really, who had no, no background in the church and came from a horrible situation. And they just said, we need to take him in because if we don't, he's going to be dead someday. And uh, uh, my husband spent a long time talking to him because he was up at our farm and Mm -hmm. uh, didn't know anything and was just like, they were all Christian men except him. And uh, we just said, we have to, you know, share a little more. So we found a nice Bible to send to him. And it's hard to explain all of this to someone that knows nothing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So we pray, we pray that he will uh, read it and and begin to comprehend. Thank you so much. That is, that is great information. So I also have um, 
Luke 1, uh, in the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel said, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be, and will be called the Son of the Most High. Uh, again, uh, the angel yeah. come, in this case, the angel Gabriel yeah. shares this information. Um, just a comment about that. Yeah, I, I will comment about that. I would like to comment about what the angel said, because I think that's so relevant to what's going on in our world today with COVID and everything, that the angel said, do not, do be, not be afraid. afraid. Yeah. And I, I've thought a lot about this, and... Um, I do have a concern that sometimes Christians come off as just saying, you know, well, don't be afraid. You know, there's no reason to fear at all. Like, fear should never touch you if you're a Christian. And that is not what the angel is saying, and that is not what Christians are saying. Uh, What the uh, angel—the way the angel says it is do not be afraid. And the way I've described that is do not live in a continual state of fear, okay, and let it control every part of your life, all right? Uh, On the other hand— it is good to fear sometimes, okay? So if you're standing on the railroad tracks and there's a train coming mm-hmm. at you 70 miles an hour, you should be afraid and yes. you should jump off the railroad tracks. Absolutely. Okay? So the angel isn't saying don't ever experience fear. What the angel is saying is because of God and the angels are representative of God, you don't need to wallow in or uh, just live your life in a constant state of fear. Mm-hmm. So I think that's an important distinction. It is. Distinction it make. is. Very much so. Yeah. Yes. So I also wanted to read a little bit more about the shepherds, Luke 2. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flock at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. Mm-hmm. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who, were, who was lying in the manger. And when they'd seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said. Now, first of all, I wonder why God sent the angels to the shepherds. Weren't they very lowly in the culture of Jesus' time? I mean, they weren't very important people, were they? I'm glad you mentioned that because I have researched this out. They they were not only not important people, they appeared on lists of sinners, you know, undesirable people, like with— but, you know, prostitutes and tax collectors and all the other people that Jesus kind of hung out with and tried to care for, uh, they were they were on some of those lists. So they were cons- – it was considered to be like an unclean occupation, oh, you know. Okay. So, yeah, they were lowly. And I'm so glad you mentioned this because 
you know, that some of the critics of Christianity would argue that, you know, it's a made up story. And um, but but think about this. If you were making up a story, wouldn't you want the message to come to a government official or somebody who's respectable or someone who's high up, who is powerful? And instead, it starts with these shepherds out in their fields who Mm -hmm. are considered, like you said, to be nobodies and even to be considered sinners and just outcasts and and that's who the message comes to. And those are the people who are asked to tell the message first. Yeah, so if you wanted utter right. believability, you know, you would go to the experts and the the all the religious officials of the day, but you start with shepherds, you know. Yeah. So I, I think uh, that's another reason why the shepherds are so important. I, just, I love the shepherds. I love that that announcement was made to uh-huh, shepherds. Uh-huh. And, and God tended to go to those that were in lowly situations, Mary and Joseph. Yep, they and, too. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, just all the different stories. Um, so as we talk about sharing the good news of Jesus, um, and one of the things that we make a big thing about on our program, that we need to know we're saved by faith alone in Jesus Christ, which is unbelievably misunderstood in today's world. Um how do we today share this message of the gospel of Jesus, now a baby in the manger, but he grew up to suffer and die for our sins, and that every person that has ever lived in this world or will ever live can have the forgiveness that he offers, but many haven't heard of him yet. The media today kind of twist what we have. Um, how do we, as people of faith, share that love with others? And that's that a great message. question. And I think maybe the answer is in the word Emmanuel. Emmanuel, um, okay. It, it, because it's God with us. And I would say, how how can you be God with someone in your life? You know, ah. it's, so it starts with friendship. Yeah. And it starts with just getting to know people, and. Uh, not as uh, targets on which we want to unload a particular message or anything, but just make friends with a variety of people. And mm-hmm. I would say in today's world, it's really important to make friends with people you disagree with uh-huh. and that you differ from. Absolutely. Because, uh, you know, once you may have disagreements, but but kindness and hospitality mm-hmm. and care for people, that way. is what uh, – gives people open ears, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. when the time comes to sharing right, something. And right. if you if you befriend someone, mm-hmm. likely along the way sometime they're going to have a struggle in life, they're going to have something difficult, yes. and then you have the opportunity to share what you believe. Absolutely. But uh, I, I think the old uh, kind of try to force it to, to people is, is not a great thing, mm-hmm. uh, if it ever was, actually. Yeah, <laughs> so. no, I think Jesus always is our example, and our time is going to run uh, away from us here, but Got it. he, you, you look at him and you see how he made friends. He did, he went to places that we, as Christians, we would say, don't do that. And he shared God's love with everyone he met. And yeah. uh, that's what we need to do too. Well, again, yeah. I want to thank my guest, Reverend Stephen Bongard of Concordia yeah. Lutheran Church for helping us uh, with this Family Shield Christmas special. And uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Blessings on your Christmas and also to our listeners. Thanks so much for joining us. And uh, we again wish you a blessed Christmas. This You're is welcome, Kay Meyer. Kay. Thank you. 
Thank you so much. You've been listening to Family Shield, a production of Family Shield Ministries. Its mission is to educate and equip people through the power of the gospel to know Christ, grow in His Word, and to strengthen individuals and their families. To learn how you can obtain resources or support the ministry, go to www.familyshieldministries.com or write Family Shield Ministries, 7045 Parkwood Street, St. Louis, Missouri, 63116. And tune in again next week for Family Shield.